With that in mind, let me welcome Jerry Depoto to the show. He's sitting down right now. I think he needs to get some sunglasses because it's incredibly bright out here. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Incredibly bright is a good thing. It it is. Just like the future of the Mariners, Jerry. Incredibly bright. I'm glad you said it instead of me because then I would sound like I was overselling. Well, I was a bit of a cheese ball. I'm sorry. I was sort of a bad radio transition. But uh, when you look out at this and you've been at camp now, what, almost a week, what's been the best part so far? Uh, The energy, you know, the energy, the enthusiasm with the players, how much they want to be here. Uh, You can really just, uh, not to to hit on Eugenio Suarez, but the good vibe. It's it's there, it's notable, and and you can feel it from, you know, player one through player 40 with those who just arrived. And, And it's an exciting time right now with... A lot of young talent, a lot of major league talent. You know, I, I feel like the most complete team truly right now uh, as we get ready for a season that we've had since I've been here, which is an exciting thing. It's really weird. It's kind of a strange observation, but two things I've really noticed. One, everyone on this team seems to be unfailingly polite. They hold open doors. They just, I mean, honestly, there's like a politeness that I've never quite seen in baseball players before. And two, as they walk around here, I've not seen a single player with earbuds or headphones in. Is that by request, or is that just them naturally wanting to be a part of the of the scene here? I think it's B. You know, they they're they're they are who they are, and and you know we've I think from from a scouting perspective, from a development perspective, we've done a remarkable job of of tapping in to to people who fit our the 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 kind of environment we're trying to create and. And really, you know, again, all of them across the board, they've been so supportive and so positive of what we're doing. You could see the other day when we executed the, the trade with the Reds, the excitement and, and how many of our players said something, you know, no, it was it was a buzz. And, and that's an exciting thing in camp that I haven't experienced very often. So why that deal? Why Winker and why Suarez? Uh, well, I mean, first, we think they're really good. <laughs> you know, they, they, they do knock the ball around, as you've now seen in, in, uh, in real time. But Jesse, he's, he's a prime year, maybe one of the three, four best left-hand hitters versus right-hand pitching in baseball. And, uh, you know, no matter how you sort it, he hits the ball often. He hits the ball hard. He hits the ball to all fields. He has excellent strike zone judgment. He has good on-base skills. And that's always been a priority for us. There are guys that can manage the strike zone the way he does. Truly, one, I mean, one of my favorite approaches in the league. He's, uh, he is not, uh, he's not widely known because he's done it in, in relative anonymity. But, you know, an all-star who's going to play his 28-year-old season in the middle of his prime, who's coming off of, you know, quietly a phenomenal season. If, if Jesse Winker had been in this free agent class, this offseason and people had been talking about him the same way where do you think he would have ranked money wise compared to some of the other big names that were that, that have been in this i won't go there because we still have to negotiate contracts <laughs> but including highly <laughs> yeah. is the answer and and that's what i think it's lost in the in the wind sometimes is you know at 28 years old with with uh, what still remains two years of arbitration eligibility on our club he would be a, a highly sought free agent or trade target as as was the case in in this instance but you know i i don't want to sell short eugenio either you know this is a guy who has had multiple four win seasons hit 49 homers a couple of years ago and, and it gives us maybe accepting center field where we have you know two of the best young players that that are have yet to really show you what they can do in the big leagues and, and jared kelnick and julio rodriguez Every other position on the field, we have a player 
who has put up a three-win season by war in the big leagues, and and that's not common. You know, it's a and and to have that with all players who are still in what should be the primes of their career is exciting, and and we think we can tap back into you know the version of Eugenio Suarez that existed prior to last year, where he was transitioned to shortstop, which we didn't think was was the appropriate position. A little Perry Hill candidate. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't want to play him at short. <laughs> so he's a, I think he's a good third baseman who we can really help. And, and uh, you know, that being said, we have always believed in the power. And maybe a year removed from shoulder surgery or a year and a half mm-hmm. removed from shoulder surgery, we can count on him being some form of what he was before. But we're confident that will happen. Sounds like good vibes right there from Eugenio. All right, after the deal, uh, and I think I have the quote written down here, you said essentially the likelihood is this is our offensive team. Can you expand on that? What does that mean? Does that mean you're done looking for offense? Does it mean if you had a, an offer out, is that offer lifted? What happens if you had an offer out and somebody said, okay, I'll take you up on it? Well, the, our, our position's changed. So, you know, for we look at it as if there is opportunity, you know, an opportunity finds us or we find it. You know, we're not going to stop looking. We want to improve. But at the end of the day, we would have to improve over a team that has a player at each position that, that has roughly accounted for a three-war season. Mm-hmm. You know, Ty France and Adam Frazier and J.P. Crawford and Eugenio Suarez and Murph and Raleigh and, and LT as some you know, combo of three behind the plate with Winker in left and Mitch in right and, and our young kids in center field. And we do want to make sure that we continue to provide the opportunity for those players. So, you know, we talked about it earlier. Part of the reason why we focused so heavily on a left-hand bat was because it allowed us to find the reps for Julio, for Kyle Lewis when he is back in 100%. That gives us a wonderful rotation. Every move that you make clogs that up and by now if if we go out and we sign a a contract that is extended and and puts a high-priced player for extended number of years in one of those spots that this place is an already good player you've also limited what you can do over time and extending the players that are already here without i'm just you know we we get a lot of sort of arguments etc from fans so just want to make sure i press you on this a little bit is that true in the infield even? I mean, I understand you got some of these big-time outfield prospects and you got to make room. Is that as true in the infield as it is in the outfield? Not as true in the infield, but there there are limited opportunities because in that mix, not only do we have, we have Ty France, who was arguably our most complete hitter a year ago, along with Mitch. We have Adam Frazier, who was an all-star, who threw up a, a near-four-win season between Pittsburgh and, and the Padres. J.P. Crawford, who has been a leader, is an elite defender, and was last year a three-plus win player, and Suarez, who we just talked about, there's what do you do with the player you displace? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not an easy question to answer. So in as much as I appreciate the fact that we should spend money for the sake of spending money, you have to spend money wisely. And, and we feel like we, have, we still have payroll flexibility. We still have ways and, that we can get better and needs. But I don't want to use opening day as an arbitrary date to do that. You know, we, we feel like we have a good team, and we will hold for the right players. And if we get the right players, we'll spend the money. Yeah, I remember Theo Epstein saying years ago that at the beginning of the year, you don't need to have every single position set, that it's okay to go into your season with some question marks that you can kind of work through over the course of the season, and maybe somebody jumps up and surprises you. Absolutely. You know, that's how you find it's, That's how you find Ty France. You know, that's how you find Luis Torrens. That's how you 
it's providing that opportunity for J.P. Crawford is how it happens. And I'm sure if you ask Jesse Winker or Suarez these questions about the, the opportunities they received in Cincinnati, they'll tell you the same. You know, you, you can't perform without opportunity. And I guess you can't take young players who you expect to, to progress, hide them under a hood while, while you put somebody in their way and then expect that it's going to work out. But now I say that, and if today – if today somebody came to us and said, I want to play for the Mariners, I can be fill X void for you, of course we're going to look at it. You know, we're not, we want to continue to get better. How about the starting pitching market? What does that look like right now through either free agency or through the trade market? That's where we're most focused right now. You know, we, we love the first four in our rotation. We love the young guys, you know, uh, Levi Stout, George Kirby, Matt Brash, the, the guys we feel like are on the doorstep. But that's an area where you can never have enough depth. So, you know, we'll continue to look at that, whether it's, you know, bringing in non-roster invites to, to provide depth, whether that be at a Tacoma or potentially to make our club. But if we go out and do something, again, we want to focus on something, you know, adding someone who pitches closer to the top of our rotation than the back. And and that's more trade talk than free agent. We don't necessarily feel like that player is, is currently on the free agent market. But we are active in, in discussing options with other clubs. How challenging is that after trading a Brandon Williamson? I mean, obviously that's a position of great depth for you. You've got a lot of those guys who were in Double A last year who were just about knocking on the door of the majors. But now you're down one and, and one of the top guys in that group. How much harder is it to give up another big-time prospect after doing the, the last deal? Uh, it's always hard. But at the end of the day, you're balancing present and future. And, and that's why I say if we have the opportunity to find someone who pitches close to the top than the back that's something we would have to consider it's and that's always been a consideration and i wish we would have been able to to address one of those positions without you know extending prospect capital but as i i guess i could i, I could look at it as we're getting better in whatever way we're getting better and we built up that depth and there are many ways that you can use the depth uh, you mentioned Julio Rodriguez yesterday. We had him sit down right where you are a couple of days ago. First of all, dude, he's he's, he's a stud. He's, he's just special. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the first time I've actually been around him. Dude looked right in this camera that Justin has right here and spoke to the camera, not only about how he wanted to win, but about how hard he wanted to work for the people of Seattle. Where did you find this guy? It's like he's, he's like, created for this. He's an amazing young guy. He truly is. And it was notable when we – Obviously, we've known Julio since he was 16 years old, and and uh, I think there is a mutual trust with, with the Mariners, with Julio, vice versa, Julio's family, and uh, you know we're so excited to see what happens as, as he progresses toward the big leagues. It's not like this has been uh, a a quick ascent in that no one ever heard of Julio. He has, since the day we signed him, this was always his destiny. And he thrives, like J.K. does, frankly, on proving people wrong when they believe he can't do something. And, you know, and J.K. took a hit last year as he transitioned to the big leagues and I think learned a lot of lessons and he'll be better for it. And, and Julio learned a lot by watching jk go through you know that learning experience and i I think his personality is suited for it he's he is so outgoing he's such a great teammate and he's a wonderful talent on the field i can't wait to see what happens when he bursts through the door i just just listening to and watching his teammates react to hearing his name I mean, I had Matt Brash on yesterday, and the moment you mentioned Julio, I mean, just the smile that he gets is almost as big as Julio's smile. 
just thinking about the guy, how has his first week been on the field? What do you expect? Scott said he might play in 17 of the 18 spring training games. How how deep of a look are you giving Julio to try to make this opening day roster? Uh, very deep. You know, he'll be here until the end and minimally. And he might wind up out there when we break camp on opening day. And, you know, it's a uh, he. I've said this throughout. You can't really limit talents like that. And, uh, you know, he, due to no fault of his own, you know, he missed the 2020 season and then he missed the 2020, you know, uh, satellite camp or, or, or offsite camp with, uh, with a wrist injury. And then he wound up playing in 2021 better than you could ever expect a prospect to play at you know first he crushed a ball as one of the youngest players in that league then as maybe the youngest player in in double a i think second youngest player he destroyed that league he went out and he was the best hitter in the olympics at, at age 20 and you know we don't want to stand in his way and assume that he's not capable of making that same impact here is he a center fielder we're going to find out you know he again thrives on on doing things that you don't think he can do and he came in, he has increased his speed by a grade and a half on our scale. His body looks, I mean, it is tapered and athletic. Can he I looks ask great. You about the speed thing, because I, I, mean, sure. I watched him go from home to second just doing a running drill, and he moves. I mean, there's no doubt. Does he, does, and I don't understand necessarily the scouting and what goes into making a center fielder, but I would think it's not just the top end speed. It's a lot of the quick starts and stops and almost not quite maneuverability, but more along those lines. Does he have those? types of skills and, and quickness to go with the speed that's what we're going to find out and that's what he spent so much of his offseason working on was increasing his his ground speed and his agility and you can see it by looking at his body you know julio the 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 reason you you would talk a player off or scout a player off of center field at a young age is just you think the body is going to outgrow the position and and that was evident that julio was going to be a big physical you know muscular type guy and and it's turned out to be that way but he went out and and worked on on tapering that that body and and maintaining that twitch you you have to be twitchy to play center field or you have to have wonderful instinct on breaks and reads and you know it's got to be one or both of those if you have both of those you're going to be a gold glover if you have one you can play center field i'm trying to figure out who who's played that position at that kind of size the only name that came up the other day was kane and he's not off Kane is quite as big as Julio. No, I, no, not too many people are as big right. as Julio. I yeah. mean, has any who, who succeeded in center field at that kind of size? It's the, that's it's tough to see long term. Unicorn, yeah. It's I mean he's he's now six four. You know, it's a it's six four. He's he's. He's a big guy, you know. Ellis Burks, you know, who oh, was maybe a good name. Ellis was probably closer to six two, six three, but he was big and physical like that. It's just not a really common thing to have a guy that's that big and physical who's athletically capable of playing center field. But he's doing it. I definitely was not expecting Ellis Burke's name yeah. to come up today. So that's a great pull from the past. I love it, um, Jerry. Thank you. This was uh, this is great. I just walking around and being here. The energy really is fantastic. And talking to Scott yesterday and just where he's that and i can't believe you guys have been here for seven years now that's it it's been i mean it's been a quick journey really I, and all built up for this it's yeah. going the way we want it to go very cool congratulations uh, enjoy we'll talk next week uh once i unfortunately have to leave the beautiful sunshine and go back up north uh they're gonna have to drag me away kicking and screaming because i could stay here forever thanks man all right guys